As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. I am here with, as always, David, and today filling in for Matt, we have the uh, godfather of Orange Weekly in Kevdan, and we have a show for you after what was such a ridiculous week last week, and if you want to hear any of our uh, analysis on what happened with how the NFL treated us, go ahead and listen to the the pregame or the postgame podcast or one of our shows because we go on and on. But that's not what this is. This is for the pregame. We're looking forward to the Kansas City game. Kansas City round two. Hopefully we can make it a little bit better than we did last time. But please, if you were driving, don't do it. But if you aren't, sit back, relax, enjoy a brewski and enjoy another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, here we go, guys. Kansas City round two. Initial thoughts right off the dome. What are you thinking? We'll start with you, Kev. Ding, ding. Game on. We've been beat up so much the last couple weeks with just like, you know, just really crappy situations and whatnot. Like, let's just go out there and, you know, don't turn over the ball. Um, Keep the run game going. Use Philip Lindsay, and you have a chance to win this game. So, I mean, it doesn't seem like a complex formula, and uh, yeah, at least be in the game. You know, we're we're sitting here next week saying, yeah, this could be. You know, it could it would could have gone either way. It was really close. We did our best as the Chiefs, you know. But that's what that's what it, what I'm looking forward to, man. Is just let's go out there and you know kick some ass after last week, especially. Yeah, yeah. Show something, you know. You, you showed something for maybe a quarter in that first Chiefs game or maybe even half a quarter, and then you did what you just talked about, Kevin. You started turning the ball over and getting away from the run game, and that was it. And it didn't really matter how good the defense was playing after that or the fact that they held Pat Mahomes to 185 passing yards. You know, they scored on defense and still put up 40 points in the end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to change that formula – you've got to keep those turnovers from happening, you know, especially in the first quarter. Don't have the game over by the second quarter, mm-hmm. you know, really. Like you said, Kev, keep it close. Make it a battle all game long. Uh, we'll see what the final scoreboard says. But more than that, just just so that you can hang with a team like the Chiefs for an, or an entire game. Absolutely. And I, I think the biggest thing we're going to be missing this week, and I think what's going to put a huge thorn in our side, is the absence of Bryce Callahan. It was announced today he's going on the IR, which means he's out a minimal of three weeks. And he is a game changer in our defense, especially in that secondary. And we can see, we see what he looks like with him in the in the lineup and without him in the lineup. It's a completely different defense. 
when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to be really difficult to be without him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it's Sage Bassey. Sorry, oh. go for it. That's all right. Thank you. Um, we're going to see more Michael Ojemudia too uh, this week, but it's going to be him and Bassey both filling in uh, as Boye's back there too. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a group effort with all of those guys. Um, Michael, they've said, Coach Fangio said maybe his his tackling was a little bit of an issue, and we hadn't seen him in the past couple of games. Um, he came back and performed a little bit better uh, against the Saints. Uh, it sounded like so they've earned some of that trust back as far as he he goes and he'll probably get a lot of snaps um, but he's got to be you know head on a swivel back there he's a rookie and he's you know shown sometimes where he's in the right position to make a play and just misses and sometimes where he's way out of position and got juked out of his shoes and really looks like a rookie um, so he's gonna have to be you know, play a really heads up game if the Broncos want to hold up in that secondary Oh, yeah, that's exactly if you're the Broncos, you know that they're going to test that spot, especially yeah. over and over and over again. So to be able to just step up and, you know, game plan around that, you know, here's our weak link. Here's where they're going to attack us. How do we prepare for that kind of thing? Um, but I, I think our run defense, especially I think we're expecting Shelby Harris to be back this week. I don't know if they've officially said it or not, but him being back there to stop the run game, forcing Kansas City to pass. You know, those are going to be the positions where, you know, we're in that um, third and long and have a chance to actually stop them. Um, again, I don't think it's too cosmic of a, of a game plan. You, we recognize the big uh, um, weak spots that we have. So let's just, you know, address them and, and game plan around it. And you'll be I think we'll be OK. And, and here's what I see, too, and I'll, I'll take Matt's position on this because with, with the absence of Matt this week, Matt's a huge uh, Kansas City, not, not a fan, but he's a huge Patrick Mahomes fan and, and always roots for Kansas City. And here's the problem with game planning against a team like Kansas City. Last week, they didn't use their run game at all. They were over the air all day. And and the week before that, they only used the run game. When they beat us by 40 That's points, true. they only used the run game. They so only used it. Mm-hmm. They, it's really difficult to game plan against these guys because they're so good in both aspects, especially on offense. Um, on defense, we could take advantage and and we'll flip to that real quick before we start going into like lineups in each one, which we normally do here. Um, on defense, on offense, my first thought process is we fumbled twice. Melvin Gordon fumbled twice, lost two fumbles. Uh, we fumbled four times total, but we only they only recovered two of them, and we threw two interceptions. That's four mm-hmm. turnovers against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is yep. one thing. If there's going to be a key to this game, zero 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 turnovers is going to have to be it. Yeah, absolutely. You can't do even a early first quarter interception that you think it's not you know like for drew lock it's not the miami game your defense isn't going to keep their offense out of it for long enough for that mistake to be nullified as long as you don't make any more like you cannot even have one no it's we're just we're just not good we can't we can't score that many times yeah yeah it's not going to happen you know kansas city has an average at best defense but against our offense that's going to be plenty enough to to make it so that we have hard to come by scores. So, I mean, I, I really think our defense can, can step up though. You know, yeah. Bryce Callahan's not, not going to be there. That's going to hurt tremendously. Um, but yeah, I just think that they have the capability and they showed some of it against the last Kansas city game, at least initially, you know, till we started turning over the ball so many times. Um, but that's just like in all the other games we've lost in terms of, you know, our defense does everything they can in the first half. And then, 
the game gets away from because the offense isn't doing anything. And then it just kind of everything snowballs and goes down in a big burning ball of fire after that. So, you know, again, stick with the run game, uh, the man. Uh, and I know you want to get to lineups and everything, but you know, we saw what Melvin Gordon did last time. We know he fumbles, um, not dramatically, but he does. We're, you know, Philip Lindsay, we've been completely underutilizing him. I think the last few weeks and we saw how good he did, how big of a weapon he was on our offense, Last time we played the Chiefs, why not do that again? You know, why not make him be your star player on offense and, you know, stick to that during the entire game? And, and to that note, I do feel like Shermer has really seen not, not just the calls from I, I don't think he's listening to Orange Weekly, but if you are, shout out. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, he hears a shout out from the media. He, he hears the fans. He hears like, hey, we have a guy here that is the face of the franchise and is really good. And uh, you even saw it last week uh, and he got a little banged up because of it. But he was the starting quarterback for the first two snaps. You know, right, it, right. you know that that's the guy that we need to get the ball to in order to make good things happen. And he's the guy that's going to be able to, to provide the spark for this offense that we need. And, and I think we've seen it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, okay, and so, oh, go oh, ahead. Oh, well, and you know the I think what we that's just kind of what we have to watch too is that that banged up that you were talking about and last time we played the Chiefs was another time this season that he got injured and had to come out at halftime and really stalled our offense uh, after that. So we're you know we're going to have to keep him healthy throughout this game if we want to make sure he's contributing throughout this game. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and look at the uh, offense here for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about it. We, you know, it's it sucks because they can throw the ball, they can run the ball. Patrick Mahomes is just a, on his way to possibly another MVP campaign, and and we're talking about um, a team that in the especially in the AFC West, but in general in the NFL, that doesn't seem to be hit too hard with the injuries because of the lack of preseason or some of the COVID issues. They're not having a lot of the COVID issues that a lot of uh, of a lot of us are having. Which, which really to me seems like it's a very well-run team, and Kansas City is. Uh, they, you know, uh, they have a very good coaching staff over there, uh, a, a long-running coaching staff. They're coming off a Super Bowl year. I, th- I think they're doing very well, and this is obviously not a Kansas City podcast, but to go off that, how do you stop guys like Patrick Mahomes, Claude edwards Hilaire, who's their rookie running back who they got this, this year and has just been killing it for them? Um, they obviously have uh, who's the running back they picked up from recently, the guy, oh, man. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So they have Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who they could use either one of them. But Edwards-Hilaire seems to be the starting go-to guy to begin with. They have Travis Kelsey as a tight end, the number one tight end in the league. Um, you know, they're, they're Tyreek Hill, um, Sammy Nicole Watkins. Hardman. Yeah. And then and so the only person that really was hit was uh, Tardif in the offseason was the one that kind of announced, hey, I'm going to go, you know, be a doctor instead of play NFL to try to help out with this COVID thing. And then his backup is killing it. Yeah, Allegretti is 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 one of the best guards in the league right now. He's number eighteen guard in the league. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how well coached, how well off, how well this offense runs. I, I don't know. You guys have any initial thoughts on that? Look, you, you can't stop Pat Mahomes. You can't stop. You, you can control the damage, but that's where your offense has to get involved and give you give you a fighting chance to you know win that chess game at the end and hopefully be the one to have that the ball on the last drive to push you over the edge right but you know there's just no way you're gonna walk in there and just shut them down they're like you said before they're too explosive they're too dynamic they're too good at all these other things they're too well coached 
So it's how do you minimize that damage and control the the game clock? You know, keep that uh, possession the you know as much as you possibly can. If you're in the area where you know Kansas City has the ball for 40 minutes, uh, man, that's where you're like, oh, this is going to be a complete blowout, right? And that's what we see in the past when offense does nothing. Uh, it's the same thing over and over and over again. So if you're the Broncos, again, can keep the uh, Kansas City offense off the field because that's the only chance you have at at possibly coming close to beating them. Yeah, yeah. And it starts with, I think, the run game with Kansas City because they really have shown this year they're willing to let that offense flow through the run if that's what you're going to give them and they'll make it easier on Patrick Mahomes and their skill position guys. If you give them the run game, they'll take it and they'll run out the clock on you and beat you, you know, 24 to 17 and take that going away the next week. And if you don't just, and you, you know, it's not a necessarily a, uh, an idea of committing extra guys to the box. You've really got to be able to do it with, you know, the four down linemen you've got or, you know, five guys up front you know, kind of just like we're going to talk about with the pass rush, you've really got to do it with a minimal number of guys up front so that you can drop back uh, seven, eight guys in coverage. Because, you know, if he sees a weakness, Mahomes sees a weakness on the line, he's going to change out of a run play into a pass play immediately and hit a hot, hot route before you know what's happening. Yeah, so I I don't envy Fangio at all this week. And, and yeah. sitting here, I, I was thinking about it before the show, like if I'm Fangio, what is my priority here? You know, normally I'd say probably stop the run with a full healthy Denver Broncos. Stopping the run would probably be my first one because I have I have faith in in Boye and Callahan and Justin Simmons. I do. I, I, he's going to throw for 200 yards. That's a given. But can we keep him to closer to 200 yards as opposed to 350 yards or 300 yards? That's the big question. Without Callahan, I don't think we can. I think that's a much, much harder thing to do, and they're going to be able to run them. We need to stop the run so that we can stop the control of the game clock, which is what you said, Kev. If we can stop him from controlling the clock, he's going to probably throw for 250 yards on us. But as long as we can get the ball back, I think that's going to be the biggest, the biggest thing here. So you're, you're, you're Vic Fangio, and you're going into this game, and you're saying, where do I start? Do I start with stopping the run? Do I start with making sure that they don't throw for 350 yards in the first quarter? What, who was it they played last week? They had Sammy Watkins had like, was it Sammy Watkins or, or Tyreek Hill that had like 200 yards in the first, Tyree first Kill. half? Tyreek Hill. That was unreal. And we can't mm-hmm. have that happen to us. Like that would be yeah. absolutely ridiculous. They were out yeah, by the half, right. end of the half. So, yeah. and I mean, knowing the Denver Broncos this year, it's been, it's been a difficult year, but um, I, I think I like what Fangio has done with the league and, you know, Whatever other uh, media outlets are telling you that he is in a hot seat, I don't think he is with what he's done with this 2020 season. Um, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat, and I don't, I, I don't think it's just something that he's thinking about either. But that's a, that's an aside. Yeah, I don't want to get too far into that because we've talked about it a million times. But the Broncos have the number two defense in the league with you know all these backups, right? So. That's got to give you some confidence in him. And you know, we're talking reason I want to go there really quickly is you're talking about how well coached the Chiefs are. You know, if the Broncos can get through this season still in the top five defense with as banged up as we are, you're talking about having a full off season. You're talking about Coach Fangio get, you know, bringing in even more talent. People are these rookies are getting so much experience so that if we have to plug somebody else back in for another injury, you know, you're talking about a team that is young, but has so much experience. I I think this is a situation where in three, four years, people could be saying, wow, the Broncos are really well coached. 
you know, there's other changes that might have to happen along the way in terms of <laughs> special teams, cough, cough, but even <laughs> Pat Shermer, there's, you know, uh, we've talked about that as well, but when you're talking about, uh, Van, uh too, not Vance Joseph, the opposite of him, uh, coach Fangio there, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that, that happened. Just happened. It did happen. Yeesh. But when you're talking about Fangio, it's the opposite of Vance Joseph in that you're going to get really well coached, I think, is you know where this team's going. So it doesn't look like it when you're looking at the record, but when you're looking at some of these numbers, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City in a couple of years from now is saying, wow, these, these guys are really well coached, and it's not going to be an automatic easy win for us. So I think this is something to keep in mind just looking down the road even next year. Absolutely. So, so, uh, Kev, is this your first time on the pregame podcast this uh, this year? year? This, uh, this year. year, okay. So something we added this year. We're gonna go around. We have we have. Uh, I need you to pick two people from the offense. The first one is someone that you're gonna look out for on on their offense. Someone that you want to look out for. Like who should we really be focused on? And the other person is uh, the second person is gonna be um, who you think is going to be the biggest game changer for them. So one person that we need to stop, and the other person that you need to think is gonna be a game changer. It can be the same person if you want. But uh, we'll go with that. We'll start with David. David, you've played this game before. So who is the person on the Kansas City offense that you're looking out for and that we really need to uh, to pay attention to or else where this game's going to get out of hand? Ugh, I got a pick. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, that's the problem I highlight. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Eric Fisher, the left tackle. Um, he's a guy who, you know, really had a rough start to his career, but has really benefited, you know, kind of a one of those test cases that proves, you know, the best quarterbacks improve everyone around them. I think that's definitely the case with Eric Fisher since Patrick Mahomes has come into the league, into the league. Um, now it's a lot easier when your quarterback is that talented and get the, can get the ball out of his hands really, really quickly um, or make plays, you know, improvise plays with his legs and his arms. Uh, but, you know, Eric Fisher's a guy who has the potential to make Bradley Chubb's day difficult. I think uh, um, Chubb is, really been a feast or famine guy this year. Uh, and he played well against the Chiefs the last last game. But, you know, it could be a tough day for him if Fisher gets a couple of early wins and really gets some confidence under his belt. And that would really affect what we're able to do on the entire defense if that pass rush isn't getting home. Absolutely. Uh, so, Kevin, I just realized I I, uh, I explained that terribly. So the Real first bad. One, Re- yeah, real bad. bad. <laughs> really, it was really bad. So the first person you're, you're focused on is the Kansas City offense – who, who do we need to stop to focus? And then who on our defense is going to get the better of what matchup do you like on our defense? What guy I on see. our defense? Okay. So, yeah, okay. Uh, and I'm, and I'm back. later we'll flip it. We'll do it. Right. And then later the we'll flip way. the other way. Yeah. Yep. Right. And, but mm-hmm. so right now we're focused on Kansas City offense, Denver Broncos defense. Who on the Kansas City offense do you think is going to be an issue and that we really need to focus on? So when we're talking about, you know, only having four guys on the line, maybe five, right? And trying to find a way to get to Mahomes or keep it in the pocket. Uh, interesting thing, just kind of looking at the numbers here. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, out of all of his grades, his his best grades are in the pass block uh, category. So, you know, you're having you're seeing a, a dual threat guy that you know uh, his um, passing grades aren't fantastic, but you know, obviously his run run game is good and his pass blocking game is even better. So it's just an extra guy they have on the line that is going to, you know, find a way to keep Pat Mahomes standing and give him a way out. So, I mean, that's, it's something probably a lot of people don't think about when you're talking about a, 
a running back being that good of a pass blocker out of all the categories they're graded in. But man, that's just something that you got to keep in mind. And you're talking about, yeah, when you drop seven or eight guys back for, you know, into coverage, but we also, you know, it's that dual edge sword where it's like, you got to do one or the other, but you know, well, and it puts I, the I like the, you know, to your point, it puts the Broncos in a difficult position because if they do want to send extra guys, you know, you've got the potential for a, a, a really good blitz pickup, even if you do send an extra exactly. rusher. And that gives Mahomes all the more incentive and opportunity to find, you know, the open man in your in your secondary. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're sending blitzes, you're probably in man. And yeah. Tyreek Hill is going to burn the, the, the cleats off of anybody he goes against. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, I don't know if there's a good answer. Um, obviously, you know, I think Bradley Chubb's the uh, – the most likely to get through some of these guys. I mean, um, Malik Reed's been doing well too, but is it enough for them to overcome, you know, only sending four or five guys? And then, like you said, even if there's a, a blitz, you, you know, plus when he's out there, when Le'Veon Bell's out there, is he going to run? Is he going to be pass blocking? It, it just, it adds so many layers of confusion that um, I don't have a good answer as to who can, who can pick it up, you know, um, and help get through that. So I, I just thought that it, that stat right there was interesting. And that, like I said, just makes you really scratch your head when he's out there. Yeah, no, and I think we're all in the agreement that Patrick Mahomes is off limits on this one because he is always going to be a game changer no matter no matter what game he plays in. And I well, think you also got best. Kelsey in our tight end issues still, but you know. Right, so we have Kelsey in the tight end issues and the wide receivers. And I think I am going to go with Kelsey. And I've done this a couple times on this podcast where I just pick the, pick the tight ends because <laughs> especially with the absence of Callahan, yeah. I think the only person that's going to be able to hold Kelsey and not not uh, other than Garrett Bowles, although he's been better this year. Um, the only person going to be able to hold the only person that's going to be able to hold Kelsey, and I think is going to be Kareem Jackson. Um, and yeah. and honestly, if if and this kind of leading us into the next one, I think if Kareem Jackson has a good good game, Kelsey is going to have a limited game. But I want to bring up a couple of things. So Le'Veon Bell, last time we played him, Le'Veon Bell, it was his first time playing against the, uh, playing as a Chief um, yeah. when he played us last. He had six carries for thirty nine yards. He only had a hit a long for sixteen. So my person on offense that I'm looking out for is Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think he's going to be the guy because they're going to want to control the clock. And that's what it is against the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are going to go 0 and 3. They're going to go or 3 and out, right? They're going to punt it, and then you're going to have a special teams flumber, and then they're going to score on special teams. Next thing you know, you're going to have the ball again. And they're going to have to control the clock. So Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a big one. He had a huge game last time. We held Patrick Mahomes to a 50 quarterback rating, and he still threw for 200 yards. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a game against us, um, just running the ball, just controlling the clock. And if we have Shelby Harris back, that's a huge get back for us. Um, but I, I want to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I kind of led us into the next one. I think Kareem Jackson is going to be the guy to to really be the big difference maker in this game um, on defense, on our defense. I think he's going to need to stop Travis Kelsey. I think with the absence of Bryce Callahan, he's really going to need to have a big game. Another one of those big games where he's making big hits and, and you know, getting the excitement for the defense back up uh, with the absence of Bryce Callahan. So now we're talking about our defense. Who is the guy that needs to have the game in order for us to stay in this game and possibly win it? Uh, Kev, we'll go back. We'll start with you. Yeah, I don't want to jinx us because, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Shelby Harris is supposed to be back. It's not official yet. Um, but, man, I think we've been missing him. And just the the – energy you know he brings to the defense yeah kareem jackson is back there you know doing his 
his dances and everything. And it's fantastic. Right. But um, I think that's a guy that can just add a, um, a lot more excitement and uh, to the, to the defense and make some big plays. Cause how many times have we seen him make big plays in, you know, crucial times. Right. So um, I like to see Shelby Harris back out there and, and just kind of get back and you know, pick up where he left off. Um, whether it's batting down a pass or getting through the line, at least, you know, making uh, Mahomes throw a little sooner than he wanted to. Um, but yeah, uh, Kareem Jackson's a great one. So I'm like, uh, now who do I want to pick? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've, I've missed him. I've missed him terribly. And I think we all have. And I think that the team and themselves have really missed him. So I, I just think that I'd be really excited to see what he does going out there um, with his first game being back against the Chiefs. Yeah, so it looks like today that Vic Fangio, uh, today we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, the 2nd of December, uh, Vic Fangio said he's going, he's coming back, he's back to practice on a limited basis, he was on the reserve COVID-19 list, but he is back to practice and he should be available for the Kansas City Chiefs game. So yeah, I don't want to jinx it though, that that should, you know. <laughs> Honestly, with the, with the COVID thing, you know, you, you get back to practice, kind of work your way back in, see how you are feeling healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and another shout out at Donatello. It looks like he's back on a limited basis. And that was a dangerous one. He was an older guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to see him back um, and, and, and back coaching again. And then uh, Deontay Spencer, who is our kick returner, punt returner, who honestly, you know, have your things about special teams. I think he's been a pretty good job last year. He did a very good job for the Denver Broncos. He's a pretty good punt returner. He actually tweeted earlier today that he can't taste or smell anything. So COVID's actually hitting him pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll continue to monitor his health, and hopefully he gets pretty healthy here pretty soon. Back to the podcast. David, what do you think about the uh, the defense? Who on our defense is going to be the guy? I was going to say Justin Simmons, but you kind of said it already for the same reasons that I was going to say Justin Simmons about Kareem Jackson. So I'm going to switch over to A.J. Boye because he's kind of been the forgotten man in the secondary with Callahan emerging. You know, Simmons always a star. Jackson always has a play or two every week that grabs a bunch of attention. And Boye is just kind of out there playing solid. You know, sometimes he gives up a completion. Other times he comes up with a big pass breakup. Um, you know, he's going to be a crucial guy to have. And I don't think if I remember correctly, I don't think we had him for the first chiefs game. Um, so he's a guy that's going to have to, you know, really step up and be able to stick with these Kansas city weapons on the outside, um, in order to make other guys not have to help him because Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson are going to be busy enough trying to help whoever's on the other side. It's going to be a younger guy, whether it's Bassey or Ojemudia, um, you know, they're going to be needed elsewhere. So if he can really lock down his guy, it's going to be really helpful for the rest of the secondary. Absolutely. And, and I will probably, you probably see a lot of man, no matter who's on his side for AJ Boya, which I kind of like, I like that, you know, the kind of the silent killer, he's making a pretty, pretty good play. Uh, one more person that I think before he flipped the ball that I think, and, and I want to get you guys' opinion on this is super underrated, most underrated person on the defense. And I'll continue to say this day after day, week after week until someone finally posts something. AJ Johnson is playing oh, geez, so yeah. well this year. I mean, he's he's a guy that you're talking about, like a guy on the defense who it, day in and day out, week in and week out, is is the number one tackler on our team. He's the number one guy getting into the blitzes. He's and he's so smart. He's actually taking. I just want to hear what you guys think. I, I think he's one of the guys that's he always plays his role. He's always where he needs to be. 
and he is one of the guys on this defense that he is he's the rock on our defense i think if we ever lose him our defense goes down from number two to number whatever at this point uh, and i think the reason we are so high on that list is because of aj johnson um and and the last time we played the kansas city chiefs he was our leading tackler uh i believe he had let's see um he had five solo tackles and a quarterback hit so he you know they send him on the blitz a lot and he gets in there a lot what do you guys think of AJ Johnson before we flip the switch? So, uh, for me, uh, tackling obviously is a big thing. We've seen tackling issues for the Broncos for uh, years now, and I think that's kind of been a, a hit or miss thing, if, uh, so to speak, if you will. There, um, pun intended. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's one of the top tacklers out there. So <laughs> you're talking about being able to make those plays. Uh, and yeah, you can boo that. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think he just adds that strong arm, you know, to that defense that, uh, you know, that linebacker core needs, uh, needs to have to be able to stop the run and, and, you know, hold the offense to, you know, minimal yardage or at least as minimal as you can. So, um, yeah, I've always loved him. And, and you're right. Nobody really ever talks about him. And it's probably one of those things where, you know, usually if they're not a star player, you know, you don't hear their name. They're usually doing a good job. As soon as you start talking about them a lot, it's probably not for good, you know, not for good reasons. So, <laughs> but I, I think he's a guy that flies under the radar. He doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, I think he does deserve more for sure. So I, I'd agree with you. And he's blitzed almost 90 times this season, which is more than double the times that he's blitzed all of last season. Yeah, um, right. So Jared, yeah, to your point, you know, he's shown versatility this year. He's kind of adapted to what the coaching staff needs of him, uh, you know, trying to generate a pass rush any way they can. So, it, it, you know, it speaks to the ver- versatility of a player like that, that he's, you know, goes from that inside linebacker position so often and is really effective doing it. Um, you know, he's got a really tough matchup, though, with the running backs or tight ends of Kansas City. Either way, out of the backfield, that's going to be a tough one on our inside linebackers this week. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think I think he's going to have if if he has a huge game, he, we can control the clock a little bit better as long as our offense does it. Switching back over, if he controls a game and we can get the ball back, what do you think the offense of the Denver Broncos slash the defense first first general thought process the defense the Kansas City and offense the Denver Broncos this game, uh, David? So for Drew Locke, what I don't want to see is for you to come out on the field and with a I let the team down attitude last week, so I'm going to start making chunk plays immediately. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen I don't, that before. Right. I don't yep. need that. I need you to run the ball effectively. <laughs> I need you to hit these intermediate pass plays that will open up the re- the deep stuff if you want to take that later. Because, buddy, you're not hitting the deep shots right now. Like I, Even when they're not getting intercepted, they're not really being close to completions either. And let's let's walk before we run especially against kansas city where all you're trying to do is keep the ball long enough to get to the red zone and then store, score touchdowns while you're there figure it out once you get there but you don't have to play hero ball you don't have to prove make it up to broncos country in one play go out there and take what the defense gives you and keep the ball in your team's hands first and foremost right yeah and so talking about the run game i'm going to start with the kansas city defense there uh, you know that the Broncos are well. You would expect the Broncos to use the run game, but yeah, if we go out there and just start, you know, dropping bombs down the field and 
doing really stupid crap like that. Um, Derek Nadi is there is Kansas City's. I think he's, I'm saying his last name right. Is their number one rush defender. So that's just something to watch. And you know, I'm sure they're gonna, you know, they they want to force us in that position of giving up the run game, demoralizing our run game, and forcing us to go passing early like the Broncos have tended to do on their own without any real external forces there. So, um, you know, uh, I think that's an interesting thing to, to consider when you're looking at the Broncos needing to utilize the run game is can we get through some of these, uh, you know, Derek Nadi, Amari Watts kind of players that are just, you know, fantastic at stopping the run game. Mm. Yep. Nope. So I agree. And uh, that's a great segue, Kevin, because I was going to talk about that matchup right there and who I'm looking out for on the defense that I'm worried about. So their defensive line is made up of kind of a cut and a cut and paste kind of defensive line. They have uh, Clark Nottie, who you who you spoke of. Um, they have Chris Jones, who is their number one defensive lineman. And then um, their other end is a name that I can't pronounce. Uh, spelt starts with KP. Yeah. Uh, did, David, do you want to help me out here? Passing, it's a case silent, I assume. Yes. Passignon. 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 Okay. So um, their their edge rushers aren't aren't really the greatest pass rushers on the edge. The problem that I have right now is our pass our uh, outside guys, our um, tackles, uh, Bowles and Dotson are actually playing pretty well. Yeah. Bowles specific, specifically this year is playing pretty well. Where our issues are are exactly where their strengths are, and that's in the middle. Lloyd Cushenberry is having a rough rookie season on the inside, and even his second year, Dal- Dalton Reisner is having a, a not a great year this year. And you're talking about two of their best uh, defenders are inside, where our two of our least uh, likely to block the best um, offensive linemen are I think we're going to have an issue on the inside. So I'm looking out for uh, Nadi and Chris Jones. I'm, I'm going to pick as my guy on their defense. It's really going to, we really need to find a, an answer to him. If he's going to be rushing the middle, whether he's at nose or we, whether he's at uh, uh, and the interior line, trying to push up against Lloyd Cushenberry and Dalton Reisner. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. David, and who you got? Oh, it's, once again, you've kind of stolen all of the best ones. Yes. Uh, uh, but, you know, these corners for, for the Chiefs, and specifically Bashad Breland, um, you know, his overall grade may not be that high, but he has he ranks really good in some of these advanced analytic stats like expected yards per completion allowed per play. He's only, you know, Bryce Callahan and one other person are, are better than Bashad Breland this season. <laughs> you know, he's a really underrated corner, I think. Um, and what the Chiefs you know, the chief, this Chiefs defense kind of gets the benefit of going up against this Chiefs offense every week in practice. So they play against the top end speed in the NFL every single week. So they maybe, you know, have a, just a tiny bit of advantage running against teams like, you know, and Denver has a plenty of speed on offense, but they know how to play against that speed. They know what they're doing against that speed and it doesn't intimidate them. Uh, so especially these outside corners, they don't play with any fear. They're afraid. They're not afraid to bump and run. They're not afraid to get physical with receivers because um, they trust their coverage skills on the back end. If they get you know beat by a step, they're going to be able to recover. They think so. That's you know maybe that's one guy I'm going to be looking out for. Um, keep the ball out of his hands, Drew Lock. <laughs> yeah, but who do you think? Who on the the Chiefs defense are you looking out for? That we sorry the yeah the Chiefs defense that, are, that you, we really need to uh, pay attention to. I think. I mean. Derek Nadi, uh, I'm just going to stick with him, man. I mean, and um, Amari Watts. It, it's going to come down to the run game. 
you know, and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head too, with that interior line. And they're also going to take full advantage of Cushionberry. So running up the middle is not going to be very effective. I think we're gonna have to get creative to run to the outsides and take some of the pressure off of Cushionberry right there in the center, especially. Right. So, um, man, I think the success of the Broncos in, in this upcoming matchup, at least the chance of having success is really going to revolve around, you know, can we get a run game going? Can we establish that? Can we keep Kansas city, you know, offense off the field? And so I don't know if there's a specific player other than just, you know, how well do they stop the run? And they didn't, you know, we had a, a decent run game last time, uh, at least when Philip Lindsay was out there. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm going with it. <laughs> so Amari Watts, it's funny that you, Amari Watts, the fun you mentioned him. I was just looking up some stats on him. Uh, his first recorded career sack was week four in 2018 against Denver against uh, Case Keenum. Oh, just, there uh, you go. A little fun fact for everybody. Okay, well, let's uh, switch the let's flip the switch, uh, right? And we're talking about our Denver Broncos offense. This is a Denver Broncos podcast, so let's talk about our offense, right? We already talked about the interior line um, and and the issues that we've had with Cushenberry and Reisner. Obviously, Bulls and Dotson are playing very well. Glasgow's not playing terribly. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people want to give the issue to the line as far as the quarterback play. And, you know, we, we could go into that in a different show uh, next time. I'll be on next Tuesday show and I'll go into that and, and how I think that's not the issue. And I think that uh, we really need to get a, a combination between um, Drew Locke and Pat Shermer really needs to come onto the same page in that. And, and like David mentioned at the beginning of this part, he really needs to stop trying to take it into his hands. You know, sometimes it works out and a lot of times it doesn't, you know, throwing two interceptions is not going to work against Kansas City Chiefs. So we have Drew Locke, obviously uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon in the backfield, Fant, Patrick and Judy, uh, all uh, Fant looks like he was beat up in the last game, but I think he's planning on being back for this game. I'm not sure. We'll look that up for you real quick. Reports, so. He had um, the only reception against the Saints for the Broncos. He did have the one so. only reception against the Saints. So, so, and we're looking at uh, our, our normal offense, which is very young. You know, I don't know how many times we're going to have to say that this year, but a very young offense, very good offense capability, uh, very quick strike capability that we just haven't really found out. What's our initial thoughts on the Denver Broncos offense going into against the Kansas City defense? Like you got the you got the weapons when it comes to the receiving game, uh, and so I don't want to keep harping the run game like I have all show right. But uh, don't if you're going to pass the ball down the field and take a, a deep shot every now and then, just keep their you know, their defense honest. Okay, fine, but get help out the running game by getting some short uh, pass completions right i'm talking five yards you know just a little little play here or there you have the talent between jerry judy noah fant uh tim patrick i mean you have options and you don't have to sit in the pocket for you know three four seconds to get a, a deep ball going you know just get that hot route just find the guy uh make one or two reads but if you're talking about just like a quick you know slant or or something there's got to be a guy that you know uh, can make a play. And so with that, Tim Patrick's been fantastic this year. You know, I think that's another one that people haven't talked too much about because uh, the uh, spotlight's really been on um, Jerry Judy there. So I know we've talked about him a bit, but still across the other news sources, you don't hear about him too much. So uh, uh, Tim Patrick, I think is a, a guy that I want to watch out for because uh, I think that he's a, a weapon that maybe he's not underutilized, but has the potential to, um, maybe have a bigger production this game because people like Noah fan and Jerry Judy are going to be really well covered. So, you know, 
I'd like to see it. <laughs> yeah. And Jared, did you pick Noah Fant or was it just a okay? Because I'm I was picking just going Noah. through the list. I'm yeah. picking Noah Fant. Um, I you know he's you know been a really pre- consistent guy when he's got the ball in his hands, kind of no matter what else is going on in the offense. Um, he's a guy you can rely on even if he's injured. He's been playing through these games, obviously beat up with several injuries. He's not on the injury report this week, thankfully. Uh, but that does not mean that the guy's not hurting. It's that time of year. Everybody's got something, and he's a really big guy who is also super athletic. And those guys hurt worse, I think, when they, you know, he's being asked to run routes most often, and then run blocking other times. He's getting kind of beat up in there, but he's coming out every week and being a consistent contributor to this offense anyway. And if the Broncos want to establish any of those short passes, like Kevin was talking about. Uh, to support that run game, I think Fant's going to have to be a big part of that. I agree. I think my my take on this is going to go back to David. Your original comment when we started this is Drew Locke, and this isn't a cop out. Obviously, the quarterback is the most important position on the on the team, uh, especially on the offense. But what, here's my thought process: is last time he did throw for two interceptions. This is a game that we're going to need to control the ball. The more that we have the ball, the less time Patrick Mahomes has time to do something crazy. And if we can control the ball, understand the run, understand down and distance, don't try to throw the deep ball on second and, you know, one or second or third and one and third and two. Don't try to throw the the ridiculous downfield ball. Like get get your guys, get Noah Fant in the flat, get KJ Hamler over the middle, do something that we can to, to move the ball to get the first down. That's going to be Drew Locke's job this week is to make sure that we get a first down, not the big plays don't come in like like David said. Don't come in like you did last time. You missed a game thinking that you let the team down and and that you you need to, to throw forty times. And and I'm gonna stick with you know in on Ragers. Good plug for Ragers. Let make sure you follow him. O W Ragers on Twitter. Uh, Ragers anywhere you get your podcast. Ray, Ray said something really good about uh, any time Drew Locke throws for more than 30, 30 times. I think we have an issue. You should not be thrown for more than 30 times. You should be giving the ball to your running backs. You should be looking downfield only when you need to get that first down or when you need to. You need to. Like We shouldn't be throwing three and outs. It shouldn't be throwing three times three and outs. It just shouldn't be happening. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at Drew Locke to be a game manager this week, not a 400-yard Patrick Mahomes uh, type of game. I want him to be a game manager this week, and it's really going to come down to him. And, and obviously a little bit of Pat Shermer, but some of those calls Pat Shermer's are making people thinking that, that it's Pat Shermer's call to throw deep on third and one. And a lot of times there's a lot of little underneath routes that are there that he needs to, needs to look at first. So, you know, we talk about Pat Shermer uh, making some questionable calls, but I, I'll tell you what, there's one call you can make that is definitely not questionable. And that is calling Centennial State Insurance Agency at 303-838-0554. When you're when you're shopping, when you, <laughs> I guess that was a good one. When you're shopping for car insurance or homeowners insurance or whatever you need, uh, Centennial State <laughs> Jared, you just me. Oh, Centennial State Insurance Agency is your go-to a smaller insurance agency that's going to give you the uh, you know, the best customer service you're going to get from any other insurance agency out there. You're going to have a dedicated insurance agent that if you ever need anything, God forbid, you're stuck on the side of the road or something's going on, you're going to reach out to them and they already know who you are. Uh, and you have that connection with them that you're not going to get by sitting on the phone for 30 minutes, hoping that somebody maybe in India eventually answers and doesn't give a crap about you because they're leaving in 30 minutes anyway, and they're getting paid for the day, right? So 
they're going to be honest with you. Uh, the agents at Centennial State Insurance Agency are fantastic. Uh, I've I've worked with them in the past. Um, I have insurance through them. They're, they're just the people that you want to go to. So don't make any questionable calls like Pat Shermer and give Centennial State Insurance Agency a call at 303-838-0554. I got to give it to Kevin. You're, you're, get, you're getting better at these <laughs> transitions. You're getting, I didn't see that one coming. That was, that was good. Well, David uh, gave me crap for the one last night. So it's like, it okay, was game bad. on. Okay. Game <laughs> on. <laughs> it was bad, so I gave you crap. Today well, this one was, was good. This yeah. one was better. Yes, I appreciate that. Give Centennial State uh, Insurance a call if you need them. Okay, so we finished all of our takes, and now we're down to our last thoughts. First of all, score prediction. How do you think this game's going to go? Um, let's start with uh, David because Kevin looks like he still needs to think. I knew you were going to do this to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, oof, I am trying not to expect too much right now. Um, I just, it's not a good matchup for the Broncos. It's not a good t- time for the Broncos to get this matchup, but is it ever a good time? Uh, I'm thinking probably right now 27 17. Chiefs somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I don't think we look completely inept on offense, but I think, you know, it's Kansas city and they're going to do enough early to kind of put this game away. Um, So yeah, I think 27, 17, somewhere about there. I like your thought about keeping the uh, chiefs under 30 points. I think that's very doable. If we stick with the run game, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's (laughs) you give up the run game. Chiefs are going to have 35, 40 points on the board before you know it, right? Yeah. So I think that's possible because I really believe that – I want to believe that you know they're going to go out there and say, hey, Philip, we're looking at you, man. You're our guy today. Um, now, you know how I tend to always pick the Broncos, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I can today. I do uh, – I think we can hold the Chiefs to even 24 points. But is our offense going to be able to actually convert in the end zone enough times to, you know, get us more than 24 points? I don't know. I'm going to say 24-17, and we're just going to be missing by that, that one touchdown that we just, you know, screwed something up on a drive or I don't know. I just, I just can't see the Broncos doing it. It's going to be close. I do think it's going to be close, and it's going to be a game that we're going to enjoy talking about to some degree. Okay, well, obviously, we all think that the Broncos are probably going to be losing. Uh, the Kansas State Chiefs are just too strong of a team. The Denver Broncos just need – we needed this year, and honestly, we've been needing this year for a few years, this kind of rebuilding year. Having a lot of backups playing for full this year, I think, is going to work out for us in the long run yeah. better than a lot of people are talking. Yeah. Obviously, not having a winning season is going to be tough, but I also think we lose this game. I do think it's going to be a two-score game. Whether it's 10 points or 14 points, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go with, uh, I want to say 28 to 17, I think is what I'm going to go with. So we so all, here's what. We all think the Broncos are going to score 17. I love it. Yeah, we all think, yeah, it. the Broncos are, I mean, I, it's just, it's You're hard. Two and touchdowns you know, and a field goal. That's that's decent know, for the Broncos. The worst part the worst part of this offense, the worst part of this team that really frustrates me, I think, and, and doing the podcast and doing the shows really, really frustrates me is how inconsistent we are. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you're either the greatest, like, the, the quick scoring offense, or we can't, it's three and out every single time. I just do not understand this offense, and I can't wait till it starts to click and then it's a little bit more consistent. But right now, I can't, I couldn't tell you. 
So, so we'll say that. Are, are we all thinking that, and, and this is going to be a little plug for Ragers, make sure you go follow him. Uh, he's going to put out, uh, me and him are going to put out a podcast on Friday night. So Saturday morning, make sure you listen to the Ragers podcast brought to you by Orange Weekly. The The line right now where it sits is 14.5. Vegas thinks that we're going to lose by more than two touchdowns. Do you think we covered that spread? Yeah, I think it's going to be closer. Sure. Like you said, okay, f- fine. Two touchdowns, 14 points. Yeah, I can't see it being that work, that bad. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> Are you willing to put money on it? Yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> hey, I put 30 bucks down on the Broncos to win last week, you know, so. To win? Yeah, yeah. I just, look. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I, Dude, that that would have paid out two hundred fifty dollars. That's uh, it, it that's would have. However, uh, I I also Man. I took the under. We'll talk about this later. I took the I took the under on uh, on that, thinking we wouldn't lose by more than seventeen points, and I lost money, obviously. Yeah. So I uh, don't know if I'm going to do that again. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Uh, obviously, this was fun. Uh, big game against Kansas City. Final thoughts as we go around the room. I'm going to start with you, Kev, and then we'll go to David. I've probably said it 20 times this show, and I think I said it a ton of times uh, on our Tuesday show, Bourbon Broncos and OBS, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on Tuesdays. Run game. Run game. Like, if we're talking about anything other than running for the majority of the game, when when our offense is on the field, uh, that's going to be when things get really ugly really fast. Um, be smart about it. You know, if it's second and 10, don't try to run up the gut. You know, that's, that's not going to do anything for you, but you know, be smart, be creative. I mean, you're going to have to throw something at Kansas city that they, they're not expecting, um, whether it's, you know, type of play or just whatever. Right. But it's, it has to revolve around making sure the run game gets going and stays productive throughout the entire game. Now, you know, End of the game, if you're down by a touchdown or something, you need to get, you know, move the ball down the field uh, quickly. Okay, that's when you might need to start opening it up a little bit with the pass. But that's that's really where my thoughts are is I think you're going to be able to tell really quickly if if the Broncos are actually going to be dedicated to the run or not. And if by the end of the first quarter it looks like we're starting to pass more and more and more, I am not going to have a good feeling about it whatsoever. So uh, that's where I'm at, man. I'm going to jump in and disagree with you. I think a second down and 10 run uh, play is a great call because it gives us a third manageable because we have known to not do well on third and 10s or anything. You know, you're talking about you're talking about the interior of the Kansas City defensive line being so good and Cushenberry and Reisner having some tough years. I don't know if I want to risk that maybe maybe every now and then, but. I, I don't know. I, just, I think I think a good I can't second see getting more than two played. or three yards. You know, then you're looking at third and seven. Anyway, I'll let you. I'll let you give your piece. I'll but shut here's, up. here's the problem. Here's the problem is now we run. We we are, we're on. We run the first down. We get stopped on the on the goal line where it's second and ten. Now we throw third and ten. We throw again fourth and ten. Now we're throwing twice, running once. We're abandoning the run game. Yeah. There's David. a fine line. There's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. David, how do you? What do you think? I mean. It's you know you're at the point in the season now where you're kind of looking toward next year, and that's you know kind of sucks, but it's where you are as a franchise right now. Uh, there's not there's a lot left to play for this season. Um, yeah. You can still show going into next year that you have something toward that you're building towards that you're building an identity on offense, especially um, going into the off season, which. Hopefully next offseason will be a lot more like what we're used to uh, and be a little bit more of a full offseason for this team. And if you can start to build that identity now, that gives you such a head start. 
so just build, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like a broken record too. just build consistency, but really that's all we can expect from a team that's where it is right now, firmly in the lower third of the league and, you know, mired there until they can improve on the one part of the ball, you know, the one side of the ball that's really dragging them down. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the biggest question mark on this offseason as far as who's going to be carried over to next season from who we have right now was Garrett Bowles, who we just signed up uh, and locked on for another, was it four years, I believe? Four years, yeah. Uh, and obviously Tim Patrick's another guy that we're looking at probably picking up in this offseason, uh, who honestly isn't even one of our starting wide receivers uh, with the absence of Cortland Sutton this year. So I, I think that's uh, our offense. I think I have a... I like what you said, David. I think we have a good chance of creating identity now and going into next year with basically the same guys that hopefully have a together a little bit better. Yep. And as far as this game goes for me, I think that it's one of those understand um, the situation, understand that we have. um, This is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're this. They're former Super Bowl. I don't know how else to put it. I'm. I'm not trying to to hype up the Chiefs, but we're not a good team right now. We're not yeah. a consistent team. We're a team that has some holes. We have a lot of injuries, a lot of issues. And the Kansas City Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champions and favorites in the AFC right now to win uh, the AFC. So we just have to have that expectations. I would like to see it, and I'm going to sit here. I'll tell you right now. I would love to see us go in there and just demolish the Kansas City Chiefs, or even just get walk away with a win against the one of the AFC's favorites. Uh, I just do not see it. Have expectations for that and and try to control your anger towards the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos coaching staff, Denver Broncos players, their people. They're out there trying to do their job. And honestly, right now where we're sitting, I don't see anybody getting lost in the in the in the offseason fumble, offseason shuffle uh, on our team. So, you know, that's where we're at. And we're going to continue going forward, just like David said, and go into the next season and have the same team, hopefully. These kind of games, just really quickly, help form that identity. You know, if we can play a, a close game against the Chiefs, that's where you should be seeing hope. You know, hey, we can hang with the Chiefs and maybe be, you know, lose by 10 points. But you look at some of the you know losses other teams had against the Chiefs and there are some blowouts there. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited for it. Do I think we're going to win? No, but am I, I'm excited to see how we hold up against them and try and get some momentum moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, make sure you guys follow us, subscribe, subscribe button, hit the follow button, go f- to our Facebook, Instagram, uh, MySpace. Make sure you follow us on all those. And uh, as always, we will always end this with a go, go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.